things and sometimes people of such sweet and chaotic darkness that they can take your breath away. My mother just thinks they're confusing, but Andrew's very much in demand. It's just a drop? I asked Jenna Jing and John Ryan. Leave the money where they said and walk away? No way, Lid, Andrew called, clinking ice into two 1965 World's Fair glasses. In demand or not, and even though he was the person who'd brought me this client, he was beginning to annoy me. Listen, you guys, he addressed the pair on the sofa. When you said you wanted to meet my sister, I thought you wanted something investigated. You know, researched, phone calls and stuff. What you're asking her to do is what I do, I finished. Actually, I'd never done this before, but every P.I. I know has been asked to make a shady payoff at some time or other. It's one of the services the profession offers. Lid. I threw Andrew my steeliest look. He's the brother I use that look on least often, so it sometimes works. He frowned, but he closed his mouth and went back to slicing limes. I turned to the pair on the sofa. Then what? They pick up the money and you get your sketches back? Jenna glanced from John Ryan to me. I don't think they'll give them back, she said. They'll probably just throw them away. Wait, I don't get it. Someone broke into your studio and stole your sketches, right? For your line for next spring? She nodded. The first full spring line for my own label, Mandarin Plaid. And you're paying $50,000, but you're not getting them back? What's the money for? Well, it's not like the drawings are originals or anything. Jenna spoke with the unease of a polite person who doesn't want to patronize her listener by explaining the obvious. To me, though, this wasn't obvious. You mean you have copies? These days, everything is done with copiers and fax machines. Jenna gave me a small smile. There are no originals anymore. Then why pay the ransom at all? Because if I don't pay, Jenna said, squeezing John's hand, they're going to ruin me. They'll abort my career before it starts. How? They're going to sell them to Mango or Business or someplace like that. She said this seriously, her voice soft with that damper of shame that comes when someone is about to do something bad to you and you can't stop them. I knew those names. National chains of inexpensive, up-to-the-minute clothes. I shopped in them because I liked the styles and the prices, but I didn't shop there often because my mother scorned anything I bought from them as bad cloth, bad sewing. Then she'd fix me with a meaningful stare and announce, Only a fool thinks cheap saves money. Andrew, the lime slicing completed, came over and handed me my Swedish sparkling water, something I know he goes all the way to the Upper West Side to buy. He leaned back in a molded plywood chair of the same vintage as the sofa. They'd buy them? I asked. Stolen designs? Jenna didn't answer right away. John took it up. Sure as hell, he nodded. I don't know how much you know about the fashion business, but it's cutthroat. Right now? Mandarin plaid's ready to take off. We've been getting a lot of press lately. 
People are expecting big things from Jenna. Her first show is next week, Market Week. Andrew broke in to say to me, Market Week is when... When the designers show next season's clothes in the big tents in the park behind the library, I finished. Andrew's my favorite brother, mostly because he assumes I'm a total idiot less often than the other three do, but he still does it sometimes. Jenna gave me a raised eyebrow look of understanding. John just nodded. He must not have any brothers, I thought. I'm not doing the tents, Jenna said. I'm not big enough. A friend is lending me his loft, but I've invited everyone and there's been some talk. It could be okay. Bigger than okay, John said. It's going to be huge, enormous, gigantic. But if Jenna hits with this line for fall...